أعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين And welcome to the Scale of Wisdom podcast brought to you by the Batul Foundation. Continuing with the topic of Hajj, the next subsection speaks about the consequence of abandoning the obligatory pilgrimage. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, He who postpones the obligatory pilgrimage until he dies, Allah will resurrect him as a Jew or a Christian on the day of resurrection. And we explained the reason for this in the previous podcast, and that is that the Jews and the Christians didn't perform the Hajj while it was something legislated in the religion of Ibrahim Imam Ali is reported to have said, He who abandons the pilgrimage for one of his worldly needs will not be able to satisfy that need till he sees the shaven heads, meaning until he sees the return of the pilgrims from Makkah. So again, here is an encouragement not to leave the Hajj when you're able to go for the sake of an unnecessary worldly need because that need will not be fulfilled until the Hajj is over anyway. So someone should go for Hajj and then come back and then their needs will be fulfilled. The next subsection speaks about deferring the pilgrimage to the house of Allah. In the Holy Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah has made the Kaaba, the sacred house, a means of sustentation for mankind. And Imam Sadiq is reported to have said, when Abdul Rahman told him, some of these narrators are saying that it is better for a man to go for pilgrimage once and then give alms to maintain his kinship with his relatives. The Imam said, they are wrong. If people were to do that, the house of Allah would become deserted. Allah has made the house a means of sustentation for mankind. So this tradition relates to the situation where somebody goes for Hajj and then instead of going again for Hajj, gives that money instead to their family members to spend on their daily needs. And in this situation, the Imam says that this is not the right course of action because if people were to do that, then the house of Allah would be empty. And then relates this back to the verse of the Holy Quran in the beginning of this subsection about the house of Allah being something that maintains the existence of human beings on this earth. And as we saw in the previous traditions, when the house of Allah is completely deserted, then that is a problematic situation for mankind. But of course now, with the plethora of Muslims that go for Hajj every year, whether the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would be empty if people didn't repeatedly go for Hajj, is something that may have changed somewhat. The important point is that the Hajj has this station where if it means that the house of Allah will be empty, if people collectively decide to spend their money in another way, then it is Hajj that should be preferred even over giving charity to others. The next subsection is about what a lot of clamor and few pilgrims, which is actually part of the hadith that they're going to quote in this subsection. Abdul Rahman bin Kathir narrated, I went for pilgrimage with Abu Abdullah, a Sadiq alayhi salam. When we had gone a certain way, he climbed a hill and looked down at the people and said, What a lot of clamor and what few pilgrims. Ma wa al hajij. And this statement has invited a lot of interpretation from our scholars who usually explain that pilgrimage is not just something that should be outward but rather somebody going for Hajj should also be making an inner journey towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they are not to do that, and they are just satisfying themselves with the outer part of the Hajj, 
then they haven't taken that higher level of benefit and in reality are not pilgrims towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala even if they are fulfilling the outward rituals. The next subsection speaks about the etiquette of the pilgrim. In the Holy Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The Hajj is in the months well known. So whoever decides on Hajj therein should know that there is no sexual contact, vicious talk or disputing during the Hajj. And Imam al-Baqir is reported to have said, The pilgrim to this house is of no worth unless he has three attributes. Piety that restrains him from acts of disobedience to Allah, the Most High. Clemency with which he controls his anger. And good companionship with whoever accompanies him. So these are some etiquettes that people going for Hajj have to bear in mind. And that is that they have to be in control of themselves and in control of the way that they speak. Especially during the Hajj where tensions and stresses can get higher. The next subsection speaks about the etiquette of ihram. The Holy Prophet ﷺ is reported to have said, When he who makes pilgrimage by means of unlawful money says, Here I am, O Allah, here I am. Labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. Allah will say to him, No labbaik and no welcome for you. Your pilgrimage is returned to you. So it goes without saying that a person who is making a pilgrimage towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to do that with money that is lawful. And somebody that bases their pilgrimage and bases their journey on money which is unlawful, their hajj is not accepted according to this hadith. Imam al-Sadiq is reported to have said, Pilgrimage is of two kinds. The pilgrimage performed by Allah and the pilgrimage performed for the people. So he who goes on pilgrimage for Allah, his reward is upon Allah and will be paradise. And he who makes pilgrimage for the people, his reward on the day of resurrection will be with the people. So it's very important for a person intending to go for Hajj to be aware of the reason of why they're going. Are they going so that when they come home people will give them a pat on the back and throw a party for them and call them Haji and all of these things? Are they going just to be with their mates? Or are they going for any other reason that is to do with people? Or are they going for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And that will determine what they will get out of the hajj and what the recompense of that hajj will be. And of course this is something very important especially in Muslim societies where the social status of somebody who has gone for hajj is increased. A person going for hajj then has to be careful that they're not going just for that increase in social status. In the next tradition, Malik bin Anas narrated, One year I went on the pilgrimage with As-Sadiq When his mount came to the place of Ihram, whenever he intended to say Labbaik, his voice would cut off in his throat, and he nearly fell off his mount. So I said to him, O son of the Prophet, say it, for you must say it. To which he replied, O Ibn Abi Amir, how can I dare say I am here, O Allah, I am here? whilst I fear lest he say, no labbaik and no welcome for you. So this tradition here explains the states of our Imams salam and the level of their humbleness. That when they are in the situation where they have to begin the Hajj and saying labbaik at the miqat at the time of Hajj is necessary for the whole Hajj. It is like the takbiratul ihram in prayers. If a person doesn't do the labbaik at the miqat, then their hajj hasn't started. If they move on from that place, they have to come back to the miqat and do the talbiyah, which is saying labbaik, Allahumma labbaik. 
But the Imam here, despite his station and his status in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is so humble that he doesn't take for granted that his hajj is going to be accepted. Imam al-Ridha is reported to have said, Indeed they have been ordered to be in the state of ihram in order that they humble themselves before entering the sanctuary and the safe place of Allah, and so that they do not divert and preoccupy themselves with anything of the affairs of this world and its adornments and pleasures, and so that they be serious in what they are engaged in, journeying to him and approaching him with all their being. So these are some of the beautiful reasons for why we put on our ihram, which for a man is two pieces of unsewn cloth, and for a woman is pure clothes, when we go for hajj. And that is so that we get into the frame of mind where we are moving away from the world, and we humble ourselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and we start this journey of a lifetime. The next subsection speaks about the reward of one who dies on the way to hajj. Imam al-Sadiq is reported to have said, Whoever dies on the road to Makkah, on the way there or back, will be safe from the great terror on the day of resurrection. And Imam al-Sadiq is also reported to have said, Whoever dies in the state of ihram, Allah will raise him, saying, Here I am, O Allah, meaning saying the talbiyah. So inshallah, if anybody dies when going for hajj or when returning for hajj, this is also a sign of a good end for them. The last subsection in this section speaks about the presence of the hidden Imam, Imam al-Mahdi ajallallahu ta'ala farajahu sharif during Hajj. Imam al-Sadiq is reported to have said, The people miss their Imam, but he attends the season of Hajj and sees them, though they don't see him. Inshallah, in the next episode we will speak about the argument, Al-Hujjah, وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله الطيبين الطاهرين